0: Hello, and welcome to our next community segment. Today, right now, we have Running on Ice with the one and only Mary O'Connell. Mary, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Anytime. Thanks for having me on this fine Thursday. It's a nice change to show up on Thursdays.
0: It's great to have you on, as always. And today, we get to talk about the coolest show and supply chain, of course. And we're talking about specific problems related to transporting refrigerated food. I love this topic. and let's just jump into it.
1: Yeah. So pretty much uh, as we all know from um, if you've gone to the grocery store in the middle of December, you've seen strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, all things that we typically see here in North America in the summer. Um, But it's the middle of December. So unless there's a secret um, strawberry factory in North America that doesn't Uh, adhere to the laws of winter weather. um, I would love to know about that. But in reality, the ability, um, because we have this global supply chain and this global economy, we have the ability to have these produce and these vegetables and everything year round. Albeit, it is a little bit more expensive in the winter time to get your strawberries, but you can still get them. Um, Versus right now, they're incredibly cheap at your store. I highly recommend going to the grocery store and getting them. They look amazing right now because it's strawberry season here. But Anyway, back to the winter weather. Um, Because you can get all of those produce and all of those food that you like that you would normally enjoy in the summer, you can get them in the winter now because we have the ability to ship this produce and this uh, food from Latin America, Asia, anywhere that is summer when we have wintertime and vice versa. So because of these refrigerated um, shipping containers, you can actually see and track the humidity and the temperature of an entire piece of food from where it leaves the farm and arrives at your grocery store here in the U.S. And it's just absolutely mind-boggling that they can keep berries so fresh and um, you know, safe for eating and not rotted for a week or so while it transports up here on a ship. As we know, ships are not historically the fastest way to get things somewhere, but through the refrigerated containers are actually able to um, save those shipping costs and get the get produce up here in the, the wintertime.
2: So this is obviously a testament to planning and a testament to technology. It's also a testament to visibility because when it comes to transporting refrigerated food, keeping things safe for human consumption is absolutely a top priority. And you need specific pieces of visibility tech to help do that. I think about the things that like Tive does, right? Where you can take the temperature sensor and you just stick it in your shipment and it's right there and it tells you, it alerts you if things drop below a certain temperature. Stuff like that is really, really helpful and it helps people stay in compliance with human safety laws. Is that something that we're really starting to see is more of kind of a venture into that type of freight tech? Just simply because laws are very, very strict about what is safe for human consumption. And obviously you want to help prevent things as much as you can, especially if it's coming from a food side of things.
1: Absolutely. The temperature controlled and the temperature monitoring technology is in my opinion, going to pop off in a big way here in the next year or so, because everybody wants to know visibility and not only should shippers want to know and carriers want to know and growers want to know, consumers are also demanding a more um, transparent supply chain. They want to know where some of their stuff is harvested, what kind of, you know, farming practices were involved there, as well as the labor that they have. Is it, you know, fair, is it fair labor or is it, you know some of those less than desirable ways that people like to have layer labor around um so consumers are demanding this transparency and you know are really voting with their wallet so i think anyone that's not investing in these transparency and visibility tools is really just doing themselves a disservice not only are they prone to having more loss and more product and more claims and less goods to sell um and hurting their bottom line but also from product that does get to the shelves, consumers might not choose that product because they don't know the history of it. Um, And so I think that as we kind of go along, these, um, these containers or these temperature monitoring things, like for example, the shipping containers that go on um, like a giant barge, they are temperature controlled, and you'll know probably two hours before it fails if it if it's going to fail or if it's there's a repair that's needed. So that way you can get the crew member on board to maybe go change out a compressor, recharge something, anything that you need. There are those temperature monitoring things are there, and through kind of that um, in those uh, those AI tools and some of the. Um, Technology that they've invented and put into these things, it has that predictive, um, um, it has some of that predictive tools to know when failure would be reached or if that ship, if that container should even go on that ship because the risk of failure is too high.
0: And Mary, we're looking at the loss aspect of this whole container issue, or if there was an issue, who loses the most when these things happen?
1: Unfortunately, um, the biggest industries that are facing the most amount of loss through to improper shipping or um, just, you know, things weren't staying at a certain temperature, it unfortunately is food, which is not great for the food insecurity that happens here in the United States. So it's anything that we can do to kind of shore up that supply chain, so that way any food loss that's happening is happening not necessarily due to poor transporting. Um, it is it is occurring because someone accidentally knocked it on the floor at the grocery store or something that is much more controllable or um, less less predictable, I should say. But if you're losing so much produce in transit, then something is very wrong and that's when you need to stop and maybe overhaul or just take a deep dive into your supply chain to figure out what's happening because um, anything that we can do to kind of prevent and reduce food scarcity here is key. And
2: that food scarcity aspect, I think is one that is very, very important and not often touched on enough, right? People always want to say, well, we're preventing loss from a monetary standpoint, but forget that a majority of waste in the United States is food waste itself. Do you have any stats on how much food is wasted due to improper cold storage or transport, Mary? And what we can do to really reduce that?
1: Um, I think it's something like in the millions of dollars of food that is lost, um, in just, just due to improper transportation and supply chain, that's not including any grocery stores that have improper, um, storage or anything like that. It's over a million dollars worth of food, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, it's a lot, it's, it's Mm -hmm. more than it should be. So I think uh, moving forward, if you are seeing higher amounts of waste, Hire, um, you know, from a business perspective, if you're seeing more loss and less goods getting to market, then just take a step back and really just work through your supply chain. Pretend that you are on, that you are a strawberry and you are getting on a container. You're going through a crosstalk, whatever, and have, so if you don't have visibility points into any of that, that is the easiest way to start is just to get a temperature tracker, stick it on something and see where those weak spots are and do that for Every kind of area of your supply chain, whether you have cross docks in uh, California, New York, Montana, anywhere, just make sure that you have, have the ability to see kind of what they're doing so that way you know where a weak spot is and if you have one facility that is causing the loss because of improper pu- training, then that's the easiest way to fix it is just find where some of those easy weak points are and go there um, and then start diving in to see if maybe, you know, there's some other things that you can do um, to maybe save the bottom line, but also get more food on the table for the everyday American.
0: Mary, amazing insight as always. I'm also interested in knowing how insurance plays a role in some of the decisions making here, but we'll have to catch up with you again if people want to tune in to Running on Ice. How can they do that?
1: Uh, you can just stay uh, watching FreightWaves TV today and tomorrow. A new episode will come out tomorrow at 2. Um, and we talk all about this in container or cold cold temperature controlled containers um, coming over on ships. And basically the ability to get food year round that we wouldn't normally have. So just stick around. It's a good one. And of course you can head on over to FreightWaves.com and
2: subscribe to the Running on Ice newsletter as well. We're going to take a final break. We'll be back to wrap up your show in just a few minutes. Stoke away. Stoke